I'd like to call the meeting to order. Uh, we'll start with a Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Notice of this, the notice of this meeting has a notice of this meeting has been provided by letter dated March 13, 2023, to the South Jersey Times, Courier Post, and the West Deptford Municipal Clerk. Public notice was also posted in the West Deptford Municipal Building on March 13, 2023. Uh, I have no presidential remarks tonight, so we'll get right into the 2022-2023 uh, budget presentation. Mr. Merkley. I assume I'm I'm clear, right? Okay. Uh, obviously, this is the 23-24 budget presentation. Um, this, I think there's 17 slides, uh, maybe a little more than that. Um, <clears throat> the slides are arranged uh, in order of uh, overview and highlights, historical school information, which I do every year. I think it's like a three-year uh, time frame. Review of budget-specific revenues, budget-specific appropriations, taxing impact and surpluses, and then main highlights of the proposed school budget. So this is how it's arranged, and I'm going to go through each thing. Um, and if you have questions along the way, please please ask them while I'm in, on the slide. I think it'll help, be helpful. Okay, Tom. Continuation of uh, current instructional programs, which I am actually going to turn that piece over when I get to it at the end of the presentation to our curriculum people. Well, Dr. Gizmondi and Dr. Carvalho. Um, special education student support personnel, new curriculum at the middle school, uh, full implementation of the school bus transportation for 23-24, uh, ongoing facility maintenance and personnel additions. Next, Tom. Uh, historical enrollment information, as you can see, the last five years, um, pretty stagnant the last year, I would say. Um, these are the numbers that are coming off of uh, March 1st. I usually pull the data um, to look at what, what the enrollment is. Um, Pretty similar for the, the years before. Budget-specific revenues. Um, this is this, These are the main areas where our budget revenue comes from. Tax levy, which is really the majority of it, um, which is 2%. Um, miscellaneous revenue. Miscellaneous revenue could be many things. It's, it's interest earned to the bank account. It's uh, facility rentals. It's... Um, uh, Tom has an agreement with Dell where we fix our computers and they reimburse us uh, time and material for that. It's it's all kinds of things that come in under miscellaneous revenue. State aid, as you can see, we did get an increase in state aid. Extraordinary aid, and there was a question about extraordinary aid. Let me just, I'll, I'll talk about what that is. Extraordinary aid is, is an application that we do every May, and then we don't find out what that aid is until like July or August. So our special ed numbers have been going up. The state reimburses us. Uh, $55,000 if you do it um, outside of the district and 40000 if you do it inside. It's one or the other. Um, we have to provide documentation to them. And this also gets audited by the auditors when they come in. So normally, I don't like the budget any more than we've gotten in prior years. So I kind of always stay on the, on the minimal side. Anything that, comes out, anything that comes in above that just goes to revenue uh, surplus. Uh, semi, and we actually achieved the semi this year. I think we were over 100 on SEMI, which is a good thing. Uh, shared services, that shared service right there is what we get from um, West Stepford Township for our technology shared service. Uh, surplus um, is higher this year. I'm gonna go into that a little bit later, but there's a reason for that. Part of it's the state reason from COVID uh, coming off of COVID. So the general fund revenue that you're gonna see in the budget presentation that you're gonna be approving tonight is uh, 56, million nine ninety two three thirty six obviously it, it is up from last year um, you got to consider our raises are uh, for all the staff are about eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars just just in raises alone so you know you're always going to see that number rise drastically unfortunately let's go to appropriations uh, this is a graph this is basically a graph of what we just looked at as you can see people would like to, to see thing up on the screen you can actually see tax revenue being the main source of how the district is funded. So the taxpayers have always stepped up and funded the school district appropriately uh, for their kids' education, which um, it varies throughout the state. It depends on where you are in the state. Um, when you get into the Abbott districts, 
it's much less when you get into some wealthier areas it's much higher um we're we're considered like we're they're rated from like a to e and we're we're considered like d i think when it comes to revenue figures when you look at the abbots they're a by the way uh, appropriations i put this up here so you can see what it looks like from year to year as you can see we are putting money into programmatic items when you look at regular and special ed you do see those numbers go going up and special ed is drastically going up from year to year so although we are adding things into facilities and things like that we are putting money into the special ed and regular programs as you can see from the budget figures i mainly put this down there so you can see how the budget grows from year to year <clears throat> Um, I want to really draw attention right there to uh, employee benefits, which is up significantly uh, this year. Um, I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, I'll talk about it specifically, but I'm going to mention it in another slide. Next. Uh, this is just a revenue um, uh, little graph. Sure. Yeah. You want to know what that is? That's that's for Greenfields. It's in this budget right now that we're submitting that you're approving tonight to go to the Rod Grant. The HVAC renovation. That's why you see it so high. This year, yeah. We don't, but it's still there. Seven hundred of it is for building the garage. So really, it's really not a lot of money. Of that, um, if I was looked at it, the majority is technology. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know exactly what the 249 is for, but I would say majority, at least over a hundred of it is technology. It's not there, it's in facility, it's in uh, uh, transportation. The lease is in that $3,590,000. That's where the lease is. The buses that you we just purchased this year back in October, they're in 22-23. The ones we're getting ready to purchase are in 23-24. Yeah, well, it is that way. Remember, it was more than the two million seventy. We there was a million dollars in surplus. There was six hundred thousand dollars of regular, which is what you approved back in like February, and then there's seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in ESSER money. We took the six hundred thousand dollars and we moved it up to transportation. We have a million dollars in cap reserve and seven hundred and fifty dollars in ESSER. So seven hundred fifty thousand. So really, tonight's agenda after this meeting, you're going to approve a rod grant for three million dollars. Forty percent comes from the state, and one point eight million is us. Million dollars in cap reserve, seven fifty. Well, it's a little more than seven fifty is is the uh, is our portion. Correct. All of it including piping. We won't even know if we're approved by until August. You won't even get a response from the state. They already put that out. August is when everyone will start to know. They have to see how many applications come in, so then they divvy up how much they give out. Well, I mean, you guys are talking about it now. You're talking about doing, you know, a multi-school initiative where you fix a lot of the long-term projects like the HVAC and boilers and things like that. And once you do that, that's why when you when you do a bond, you, you know, it's a 25, 30-year bond because they're supposed to last 25 or 30 years. You're at the end of that now. So now's the time to do it. And then once you do it, you'll be good for another 25 or 30 years. I mean, at the end of it is when you're putting a lot of, you know, maintenance and making sure they work. To get to the end you're at that end now 
now's the time to start talking about the bond referendum so you can you can bring them up to up to speed it's it's all it's all bond referendum it's too big you're talking about something that's too big to put in an operating budget it's all it's all repair and maintenance right now repair and maintenance is up because they're so old so yes it is up It, it was, yeah. When we approved, it was. And Greenfield was in there. Yeah, I think they were. Oh. Sorry, yeah, I we think both, they were complaining. We both about, did it. <laughs> yeah, I think they were complaining about heat. They when they came, they were complaining that oh. there was no heat in the at the last meeting. I think they were complaining oh. that it was really cold when they were getting changed there. They were able to fix the the units for that, the boilers and the and the. Yeah, system. I mean, you, what you're talking about is things that need to be fixed over time in a yeah. bond referendum. It's going to take millions and millions of dollars to fix that. But remember, we're, once you do that. I mean, it comes with warranties and you're going to get, first of all, the, the saving you're going to have on energy from these units that are going to be, you know, those units are 30 plus years old. These units are going to be newer. You're going to see your, you know, your electric and gas bills decrease in size. I mean, you're going to, you're going to, there's, there's additional savings that come with that. And yes, you're going to, you're going to be paying for it into that service, but your maintenance budget should go down also, um, you know. These are things that need to be addressed long term. And once you do it, and really, I think in when you look at 2015, you look at what was done then, the middle school was addressed. The middle school probably gets left off. I think there's some things maybe in there. I think there's some auditorium in the LGI rooms. I think there's a big room that needs some, some seating issues. But really, from a standpoint of heating and air conditioning, I think that gets left off. The other full schools, and if Greenfield gets, gets approved, that probably gets left off. So you know, your number starts coming down a little bit. Gene, I have a question. Um, I know for home uh, appliances and heating and air conditioning that there are different, um, there are different initiatives for um, residential for having something yeah. that's more energy efficient. Is there anything like that in yeah, the you school do get district? That. You do get that. When you, when you make an application, you apply to the, the, the electric and gas and then you get rebates on that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I have a question. Actually, that's solar. Believe it or not, it saves a lot of money. I mean, I, I see it coming in and what our gas goals are compared to what they should be. We do save a lot of money on that. Could you just briefly tell me what the process is that you were talking about to get approved? You said it wouldn't be till August to get the... The ROD grant? Is that what you're talking about? To, the ROD grant To get August. the HVAC approved for Greenfield? Did you say well, that's we we it has to be submitted by May first? Okay. And then the state said that they're not given any. You won't know whether you're approved or not until August. Okay. Gotcha. They've already laid that out there, so don't call don't call me like in May and June because we're not telling you until August. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, they're going to get so many of them that come in because they do this like, I mean, once every five years or or longer. There's never any money that rolls out of the state. So when that 40% comes available, everyone jumps on it. So, you know, 
This here is just a, a graphical interface where you looked at before. You can see kind of on the bottom left of the, of the bigger graph, uh, all programmatic stuff are on the bottom left. Um, I broke up other because it, you know, six and $6.5 million in other, what, you know, what is that? Well, it's school offices, technology, it's administration, it's sports and, and, and clubs, it's capital outlay. Um, there's just, you know, there's other things that are in that $6.5 million. It's basically a graph of the, of the previous uh, Tax levy comparisons, I love putting this up. I think it's a very helpful tool for you. At the top, you see what you're raising in taxes every year. Uh, this year, it's 718. You always like, in my mind, as a BA, I always like when my tax revenue, 2%, covers just about what my uh, increase in salaries are going to be. We're very close. During negotiations last year, I calculated that about eight, $850,000 is what we would be at. So we're very close. Um, debt service goes up every year. You're going to see, you're going to see that payment in debt service start to increase year to year. Uh, the average home, uh, did go up a little bit, uh, $551. So the local tax rate, I always talk about 2%, 2%, 2%. What does that actually mean? This year, it's, uh, basically a penny two four. So, you know, basically a, a penny and a quarter is what it works out to be. So on the average house, that's $200,000. It's a 30 $33 cost is what it, it runs out to be, which really, I mean, it, yeah, it's an increase. And if you look at the increase, it doesn't sound like much, right? But when you look at the county and you look at the library and you look at, I think there's one for like firefighters and then there's one for the municipality. And when you add them all up, it doesn't seem like much, but then you get your tax bill and it's up $200. It's because everyone's asking for $33. You know what I mean? That's why you see it rise so much. Um, so on this one, last year was up uh, a, a little bit more than that. So um, for this year, I think it's pretty good. Uh, you look at the tax increase on the bottom, uh, 21, 22 is like 41.9. Last year was 65 and this year's 33. So over the last three years, um, this is uh, the lowest increase we've had um, from a rateable. It also helps that the rateables are up significantly. That's also what dropped it down a little bit. So when West Effort Township is bringing in rateables, you know, everyone pays a little bit less. So that's also a part of this also. Next one. This just breaks up the tax revenue. Um, so uh, the, the, the blue is what's going into the schools on a daily basis. The, the yellow is what the debt service is from 2015. That's what that yellow is. Um, that goes all the way, just so Steve's here, goes all the way to 2035, that debt service. Um, this just shows you from a three-year comparison. Next slide. Uh, other numbers of interest. Uh, I, always use, I usually throw this up there because it's something to talk about. Um, surplus in the budget. That 4.1 is a, an artificially inflated number that is going to, it's going to come back to talk to you next year. What that means is when we got into COVID, normally a school district is allowed to hold 2% in surplus. During COVID, they let everyone hold 4% in case you had to do things in your schools for COVID. So we were able to hold a lot more surplus. And finally, we're off of COVID and now they're making you drop it back down. So basically, um, we dropped down almost 1.1 or $1.2 million that's in the budget. So that 4.1 is inflated. Well, you won't have that next year. That's gone. So it's in this budget right now. Um, Banked cap is, is when you don't spend what you're allowed to spend. So um, really that bank cap is coming from uh, health benefits, really, if you were to look at the line. Uh, the line is health benefits. You were allowed to go up to, I don't remember the exact number. Uh, I want to say it was 12%. You were allowed to go up to 12% in, in healthcare. We were at seven, so we were below. So that comes back to you in bank cap. That's what that 509. So next year, when you do... A 2% cap levy, you can do 2% plus 509. Just putting it out there. You don't need to do it. You're allowed to carry it for three years. You don't need to do it. It'll stay there for three years. Uh, unreserved surplus, see it went down now. You were, we went from 4 to 2%. So we went from you know 2.1 million to 1.1. A cap reserve, that million dollars is now set aside, and it's uh, it's waiting for... Um, waiting for Greenfields to be 
to get approved. And last year, if you remember, uh, if you look at June's agenda, uh, I don't remember the exact phrase, but you authorized the business administrator to um, put up to, I think, $200,000 in cap reserve. At the end of the year, I decided only 50 was going to go in. So that's why you see it go from 171 to 221. Um, these are things that are in the budget right now. Um, everything we talked about over the last year, more than the last year, is all in that budget. The 23 buses are in the budget. 23 new drivers are in the budget. The district support staff, the mechanics, added to our existing 18 drivers, 15 aides, and two, two support staff. Every piece of that is in the budget. Next slide, Tom. I have a question. Sure. So I pulled the numbers from the state website of our transportation budget back to 2014 and 2015. And so in looking at- 2014, you're saying? Yeah, all the way back from 2014, 2015. I wish we had those numbers probably. Um, yeah, until the year before the pandemic. And in looking at them, they're sort of, there's an anticipated or revised and an actual um, and they, in, in those, in the five years from 2014 through 2019, it looks like, um, the expenditures were an average about 50 K higher per year. So it looks like the actual spending in 2014 and 2015 was 282.0476. And then in 2000. 18, 2019, it went up to 308. Sorry, I didn't understand that. Sorry, Siri. <laughs> Sorry. 308, 5590, right? Um, and then it goes astronomical it does. after that. COVID. Right? And so I understand the COVID thing, but we also went live telling and advertising everywhere that we were going in house for busing. So, how the cost of transportation. Um, I, I understand that the world sort of changed, but it's the transportation budget is 400,000 higher than the last full year before the pandemic. Um, it's, I, I mean, how does that compare to other districts? Are other districts Getting the same thing? Same thing. Other districts are screaming about transportation. It, it's the, the cost of everything has gone astronomical. Um, the insurance for, I mean, just just what fuel has gone up, um, and then. They don't. They can't predict what's going to happen over the years, so they're raising rates because when they lock it, when they lock it in, they're locked. So that's why you're seeing the increases come in from the contractors so high, because if they don't do, I mean, they'll go belly up. Look at McGow that happened in Washington Township in the middle of the year. They closed their dish. They closed it but in the middle of the year. And I didn't mean to, but that was right after the pandemic. And you can agree with me that I mean, I would hope that we're not going to shut down like the pandemic, but when I see, and I think it was the, the slide before this, I'm trying to follow along just in the executive session. Should have a hard copy. Um, yeah, so thank you. Um, but when, I, when you're looking at this and you're, you're you know, we're, we're moving the money from, from Greenfields over there and we're hiring 23 new bus drivers and two new, dis, you know, dispatch support staff and two new bus mechanics, I mean, I don't see the savings translated onto the budget for this year. Um, and, and I just want to know where it is that, that, I, that I'm missing it. Because what I see is- I'm going to tell you where it is. Okay. This slide right here is going to prove it right here. The current year right now, if you were to pull the transportation, it's actually higher than 4.3 million. Um, it's a little bit more than that right now. Next year's appropriation is 3.5. So that's over $700,000. You want to know where that $700,000 is? Because everyone goes, where are you putting the money? Where's the money at? You know where the money is? 7% on healthcare. Healthcare is $8 million times by 7%. Mm -hmm. It's $560,000. If we didn't have this right now, I'll tell you right now, you'd be laying people off. But how much? And, and, and 
I don't know what next year, but next year's budget is going to be, but how much extra is, sorry, Steve, and, but how much extra are we paying to commute or to, I'm not commuting, but for these buses to come to and from Swedesboro, yeah, how we, much extra is that? And you're saying it's yeah. a savings, but two slides ago, we we're paying $700,000 to build a barrage. Correct. So it's really not a savings if you add it to that. It's essentially the same as the budget this year. Yeah, well, it's just like a house. I mean, you buy a house and you pay for it over time. I mean, in five years, you won't have that $700,000. In five years, that $700,000 comes back to you, right? It's just like you're, you're, paying, you're, you're paying this much money for, um, for the garage. And then in five years, that goes away. That $700,000 comes back in the program. Just in time for the buses to be serviced. I mean, you know, with, like with everything, they depreciate. But I just... Um, so I, in the budget, you're going to see it a little bit later. So healthcare is up a ton. In the budget, you'll see there's autism. It's going to be in a later slide. There's autism. Um, there's a BCBA. There's a special ed teacher. There's an aide. That plus healthcare doesn't doesn't get funded if this doesn't happen. If this doesn't happen, then instead of us adding programs, you're deleting programs. That's just the way it is. Gene, I want to just add something. Um, every sorry, my back's to you. By the that, way, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Um, I just want to add that um, it's really important to try to get to some of these county or state uh, school board association meetings. Because I can tell you that the one that I attended, and I believe it was in January or February, very much in detail was discussed. The, the entire topic was about busing. And um, this, this district is not an anomaly in what's happening with the bus service and how much they're getting charged for, um, for services. And a lot of districts are going out to get their own buses because of this. So... Um, if there's and it's because there's a savings and if there was I'll, I'll try to get my notes together and i'll be happy to send them out to whoever would like to see them about how much other districts are trying to save because they want to be the, the master of their own destiny by having control over the the bus situation and their the costs of having their own buses so i just you know if anyone would like to see the handouts we got at that meeting, I'd be happy to send it out to whoever would like to see them. Normally, for transportation, normally you reach out to the contractor and if they want to renew it CPI, we just renew it CPI. They never like to put their business out on the market because there's always a chance they're going to lose it. So normally, but every year we've asked that and he's declined it. So since I've walked in the door, I'm always bidding transportation. No one wants to renew it at CPI. The first year I was here, it came in at 39%. Last year, it came in at 79%. So you're always up against what is it going to come in next year? So if we were to, if he was on top of what he's getting right now, if we were to renew with the additional, with, with uh, Holcomb, he's allowed to increase at about, I think it's $250,000 on top of what he's getting now. Um, it just makes no sense when we're when we're saving money on our own with all new, you know, our drivers, everything's being covered. It makes it makes no sense to contract it when it's a seven hundred thousand dollars savings. It just doesn't. This is a part right here that I'm not going to talk about. This is a part for um, people who actually are involved in instruction in the school. So we have uh, Dr. Carvalho and Dr. Gizmani are gonna talk about this. So do you want this yeah, or should I bring it over? Thank you everyone. This is the fun part for both of us um, because when we go into meetings, our intention is always to put our students first and make decisions for them and not for the adults. Although we appreciate all of our adults that work with us, the little ones that are in front of us, the big ones that are in front of us, 
are the ones that we serve. We serve this community. So we like to talk about what our why is. So our why is supporting students and staff learning, making sure that not only do our students have the best teachers in the classroom, but they also, our teachers have the supports that they need. So that's what we mean when we say we support students and staff learning, not only are the students learning, but as administrators and as teachers, instructional aides, everyone that helps us, we're all learning together to support our students. Um, look, we, you know, we want to look at supporting student and staff wellness. How can we meet our staff where they are, meet students where they are? We want to ensure that we have curriculum materials in the hands of our students and also our staff. And then we want to support professional development with all of that instead and allow our district data to drive and support our, what we're doing in our professional development plan, but also get input from our teachers. I can't see that. You go to the next slide. Yeah. So some of the things that in the budget that, you know, we've kind of put forward is that we have scheduled revisions that you guys will see upcoming for our pre-K to 12 curriculum. Um, we also have report card revisions for K to 4. Some of that's coming, the report card revisions is coming from adjustments that we've made in our literacy curriculum, but also updated math materials that I'll talk about um, a couple, a couple uh, bullets down. Uh, we also have WDHS, we're adding a new STEM uh, applied technology cybersecurity class. So we're really excited about that. Um, there's a big chunk of money in there for Envisions, if you remembered um, a few years back, about, I think I want to say about five years. We started with the middle school, then we went to elementary, then we went to high school where we purchased Envisions as our math program. Well, now there's an updated version of Envisions. We're purchasing the 2023 version of Envisions, and that's a costly effect. So we're going to do that for K to eight. And then next year, when our licenses um, fully expire for 9 to 12, we're going to look to get the 9 to 12. Um, other things that we're looking at for digital instructional assessment platforms, you'll see all of our normal renewals. But two new things that we're putting in there is IXL. We've had IXL at the high school, I want to say, Dr. Money for like 10 years or so, maybe longer. We've had good success with that. We piloted it this year in our elementary and middle school. The budget can only support for next year us putting it in the middle school. So we're going to continue it on at the high school at the middle school. And we're hoping the following year to be able to um, add IXL back um, for our elementary. We're also adding our RTI intervention manager. That's just an add-on to Linkage, which you all know that's our platform where we have of all we house all of our data. But we want to have we want to add this piece because it's going to allow us to, especially Brian and I, when we are looking for information on how, you know, we want to get it quickly and readily and kind of have a smooth transition of kids coming in and out and the data that we're collecting on them for their social, emotional, their academic um, interventions that we put in place that allow us to pull that more quickly when our students go to INRS or students first, depending on the level that you're at. Tom. Can, can I ask? Yes, ask of course. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I actually... My, my kids are, my mm -hmm. oldest is doing IXL now. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that in, for anybody that's not familiar with it, it's, it helps with them like taking, like test taking and stuff like that. It's like math and, and literacy and they can test mm -hmm. and then. And it adjusts to their level. Yeah, and it adjust, adjusts to like where they are. And Descriptive then, to their needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so then they can. And so in looking at the state website, the middle school actually did decently well mm -hmm. on the NJSLA stuff. They scored much higher mm -hmm. than Greenfield, whose scores were not so great last mm -hmm. year. So I'm just wondering if it makes sense. And, and I know that there um, was some concern about the levels at the, at the middle school. And I'm mm -hmm. not telling you that I don't have skin in the game. Yeah. Clearly I do. <laughs> I have elementary school children. I right. will say it. But even if you look at the at the scores, the elementary school scores are lower than what mm -hmm. the middle school scores are. Yes. Does it make sense to put this IXL program or these inter, in, intervention managers where they need it, especially since we're not going to have tier two teachers next year? They're not part of the budget. They were COVID funded. We're not having them. Um, does it make sense to maybe put them there and, and, and not at the middle school? So the RTI intervention manager, that's going to be purchased for K, well, right now, definitely K to eight. We can purchase it for K to 12, but we're actually, um, we're just one, kind of want to introduce it to the high school. So our K to eight staff, they're aware of it. We don't like to necessarily push things on to teachers. We anticipate that we will get the high school on board. So technically we have the money budgeted for the intervention manager for K to 12, but we may just move forward with next year for K to eight. Now with IXL, um, 
we have, because we're purchasing the new updated math program, that's a new program change down at that um, elementary level. And we also have additional um, online supports that we utilize. And we didn't want to put something else onto the math teachers. Um, there is a possibility, but again, you know, once I, I have a little bit of money still floating, very limited amount in that ESSER. Jenergy's giving me the eye in that ESSER, um, you know, where we could possibly look at it for elementary, but they just kind of wanted to hold a year on getting it, even though we piloted it this year. So I hear what you're saying. Um, we actually had a really good coaches meeting last Friday where we met with the literacy specialist, those tier, the tier three, because you're right, we're not going to have tier two in there. We've made some adjustments in our um, in our entrance and exit in ways in which we can service. And we do have one other support system we anticipate putting in there, but I don't want to mention it here because we haven't gone to the teachers yet. I mean, Brian and I are aware of it and we kind of want to see, see how our Title I funding comes you know, comes forward when it's released. But I don't disagree with you, Kim, um, but there are other things we're doing in anticipation of not having that IXL. And I was able to negotiate with the vendors to have it for the rest of the year because they were, they were going to cut us off, I want to say in, in April. Yeah. Or, they yeah. cut us off a couple of weeks ago. Right. Um, but we were able to get it to the end of the year. So it's just an, in elementary, there's so many different programmings going down there. And the teachers, they have to be specialists in literacy and math and science and social studies. And having to manage new things within their toolbox can be a lot at once. So Price was high. Yes. Really, really high. <laughs> I paid for it. So I, because I, I, yeah. And like I said, it's been yeah. at the high school yeah. now for a while. And, yeah. it's and been, they time them out yeah. after That's, a certain period. Yeah. Oh, that so, I did not know the timing out part. So just, all, if I, may I piggyback off of what Kim asked, actually? Mm -hmm. So one of the one of the things I think we talked about, again, just going back to standardized test scores and, and us seeing that they've they've been lower than maybe we've we've hoped. I know a lot of that's kind of recovery from the pandemic, but us saying like, we, you know, there needs to be a strategy ultimately for for recovering, which I know the administration has been working. Um, as, as we kind of walk through this, and it sounds like one of the answers is IXL and, and R, RTI, I think, if I just heard what um, you were saying, uh, uh, Dr. Carvalho, but also what, um, or if there's anything else in the budget that you could just point to as you kind of walk through the things uh, that are listed that are targeting uh, or part of that strategy, I think that'd be helpful. Yeah. Support. Yeah. Um, one of the things that is in the budget, I'm sorry, I can't turn to you. I just can't turn all the way to you. So I'm not being rude by not turning to you. Um, one of the things that's, <laughs> that's in the uh, budget is the restructuring of our pacing guide. So when you see those curriculum updates and revisions, it's actually looking at the data that we've collected through Linkit. And then also when we get our performance data in June, and we'll be meeting with teachers in the summer to make some readjustments. We're going to be looking at the standards to say, all right, you know, the students were tested on X standards, and where do we fall short? And then we're going to go in and look into our pacing guide and say, okay, well, we didn't teach 2.1. I'm just making this up. We didn't teach 2.1 till after the testing. Then, well, we need to make a readjustment. Kids weren't exposed to that. So those are kind of when you ask about the things that we're doing to, you know, kind of support the, those performance is the restructuring of our, of our tiered intervention services, is looking at data, is looking at the restructuring of our pacing guides and our curriculum this summer. So that's kind of where you see that. I mean, I'm, and I'm going to be, I mean, Brian and I, he knows I have Ajana about it because we, as a district, we're doing so well and kind of like on the upward tick. We weren't where we, where we want to be, but we made great strides from 2015 to prior to the pandemic. Um, and I'm looking at the test performance, just kind of like, because we take Lincoln, we take Lincoln Form C, so we, we kind of get an outlook of where we think the kids might perform. There's always a chance where they can, you know, turn it around and surprise us. But I do have a little bit of Ajana because, you know, it's not looking fruitful for us. So that's why we're kind of putting these things in place and saying, we got to make readjustments if this is what the anticipated data is showing us. Did I hit that all, Dr. Kuzmundi? No, yes, which leads you right into the district. Yeah, so um, this, again, all ties. Are we at PD? I'm sorry, I can't see. It's there. It's there. I got it. Okay. Um, our professional development, we're going to be doing a series on the science of reading um, and a structured literacy approach. Our literacy program is based on that, but we kind of want to take a step back and really anchor in and make sure that, you know, as teachers, you know, we do feel like we know what's best. And sometimes at, at Grains, we, we don't want to go against the science. So we want to really have a, a laid out series for our teachers on that 
our multi-tiered support systems of support, our parent connections, TPOD for pre-K, or all required trainings. Um, these are things that we want to kind of hit the parents early on in the pre-K and get them to kind of come to some of these workshops because we can see the difference from our kids that have gone to our pre-K program versus kids that didn't go to our pre-K program. We're going to have an entire series on um, number talks, the way in which you instruct um, math in the classroom. Uh, we're continuing our work with looking at diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging. So that means like meeting our students where they are. Not everything can be equal, but you know, I might need to be met at a different level than maybe Dr. Gizmani needs to be met and kind of making that at the forefront, what we've done uh, thus far. And then our teacher presenters, outside presenters, all these are all things that the district budget is supporting. The new teacher orientation that we have in the summer, our cross-curricular articulation, meaning our third, fourth grade teachers meet with each other, our fourth and fifth grade teachers meet with each other. So we want to, you know, that again, that that's all money that we're putting out to have these meetings. And then one thing that's not on here that I actually just added um, today, and we were just waiting to put in the application, I'll bring it to curriculum next month, is we're going to be part of the Empowering Confident Writers, which is part of the Roan University Writing Project for our six through eight teachers. It's going to be an eight-member team of teachers and an administrator that, you know, there's a series of PD that they'll go through and training that they're going to go through to then put forth into the classrooms to help with um, the writing at the, at the middle school level. And then the last slide, has it changed? And again, the last part, support for student wellness. We're going to be um, continuing our SEL work that we're doing, the ESSER Mental Health Grant. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, we have that animal therapy room with Dr. Alexis Walsh. We're funding it for one more year. That's something that really works with our um, in our self-contained classrooms for our MD students, you know, right now the budget can't support it, but our ESSER money has mental health funds in there. So we want to, we're able to do that one more year, um, continue counseling with SELs and school wild recognition program. If you remember last year, we added the additional counselor down at the elementary level so that each build, each elementary building had its own guidance counselor to help with some of these mental health needs that we're seeing, you know, grow at that lower level that we haven't seen in years. Um, the, the addition of the BCBA support position, that's the behavioral, behavioral person that kind of working with some of the behaviors that we're having at that lower level. The addition of the autism teacher, if you remember, we added the autism program back in 2015, 2016, and pre-K and it's kind of grown each year. And now we're at the point where those kids are no longer um, in that elementary level, they're transitioning to the middle school level and um, we needed to add a teacher there. And then obviously add an aid for the position. And there is the addition of the, also an extra special ed teacher at that middle school level. I think I hit it all. You hit it all. Yeah. No, you definitely hit it all. Um, and also, uh, Rob, just to, to hit back on all of the tier levels, most of that, what we're doing with teacher, teacher development is really working uh, for the teachers to read the data, to look at the students individually, to kind of see where the deficits are and to build on that. That's kind of a big push this summer. It's been a big push for a lot, but now that we have so many uh, linkets and scores and the data in the background, it's really making sure how our teachers are doing that. Okay. the time like in the summer it's, to be able to have those conversations because our schedules are... They need the time in the summer to have those conversations. Our schedules are um, so tight during the school year. It doesn't always allow for that. Um, and Sorry. yeah, it's Analyze. just... Right. So we kind of want to, our goal in when we were talking as administrators is to start off early and ensure that, you know, we have that information filtered through before we start the school year. I have a quick question. Yes. Thank you. The science of reading mm -hmm. um, series, what grades is that for? We're doing that at the lower level, K to four. Okay, thanks. Any other questions before I pass the mic? Oh, I've always wanted to say that, pass the mic. Here you go. Questions are going to be throughout. Um, does anybody have any questions about any of the slides that were presented or anything that's going to be in the budget that you're going to be voting on soon? I think we we tried to cover, uh, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that are in the budget. I mean, if you remember back in March, I talked about there's, you know, we're trying to save the phone system for another five years. When you get to a bond referendum, that'll be part of the bond referendum. Um, there's things like, I think there's bleachers in for, uh, I think it's either the soccer field or, or, or the lacrosse field over there. Uh, there's some bleachers in, in the budget. There's little things that are in there. Um, I didn't highlight them on, on this, this screen, 
but there's little things that keep things moving forward. Yes, Nancy. Is there anything in the future budget budget for um, turf fields? I would love to do that. You're, you're right. I would love to have turf fields. Right now, we're, a lot of the high I, think we're I think we're concentrating on the, on the facilities at the moment. I think when you get into a bond referendum, you could ask yourself, do we want to have a turf field or two? I mean, that's something that, that that's the time to get the wish list in. And then you got to, then you got to see whether the voters are going to approve it. I mean, there's got to be something that's going to improve all the schools that the voters are going to get behind and, and support. And you have there's, to take into consideration too, that this, that the athletes are playing at other high schools and seeing fantastic, uh, turf fields yeah. and they're going to be playing them in, on them in college too. So, I mean, I, I would hope that we would want to come up to par with the, the other schools. I think that's part of the larger spectrum of what we've been talking about for larger projects. I think this will be my last question. So I know we've talked a lot about a bond referendum and, and, and my two big I guess I would say thorns on your side have been um, HVAC and obviously we need better facilities um, for preschool. And I know that we've sort of volleyed back and forth that um, the, I guess the first time that I brought this to everybody's attention was, was back in July when the governor first announced this, but in reviewing it again, um, the, the grant does provide for updates to facilities too. It provides for bathrooms to be installed in classrooms. It provides for, you know, just general updates. Um, have we looked into any of that? I know that our need is much larger than that. Um, I think it's clear to everybody that we're sort of outgrowing the space that we're in or the spaces that we're in, but, um, have we, I guess the question is, have we, have we looked into any of that? Is there, you know, I know we have to match whatever they give us, um, but is, has, have we, are there any updates to any existing facilities that we need? Um, and should, you know, we explore that, that farther? I think that the, the time for the grant is still open. I think we've, we've talked about that and we, we're already using our existing facilities to, to the point we are, we, we, we can't use any other facilities at the elementary schools. The only place to go is outside in probably a new preschool facility of some sort, which would free up the, the classes that are in the elementary schools. I, I don't remember. I mean, Sean may know. I don't, I don't know how many classrooms are tied up with preschool. I, I'm sure it's, it's got to be at least 10. Yeah, we have about 11 classrooms that now we have um, tied into preschool. One of the things with the grant is that you have to get your to a universal number. We are at our universal number for our four-year-olds. That's what's taking a lot of the classrooms. We are not at our universal number for three-year-olds. And the reason being um, is because we're not servicing three-year-olds right now. So Gene is correct that we need facilities to be able to uh, house these three-year-olds. And we don't have that right now. So the state actually... Um, flagged us this year on asking us that question again, how, what is the district's plan to begin to service and get three-year-olds um, in your, you know, in your schools, because we've, in order for us to keep the grant, we have to do that. So we began to kind of sit down and have those discussions about that, um, because we want, we want to have those three-year-olds. We just have nowhere to put them right now. Did I have a follow-up question to that? Because mm -hmm. that's the first that I'm hearing about that. Is there a date that they gave? Will they say that they're not going to renew funding for us for next year if we don't? You just have to have a plan. They've asked us that like probably within the last three years. And I've kind of continued to say to them, we're planning, we're planning, we're planning. And we're, we have a really good rep that works with us. Um, so that isn't like hidden information. I don't want anybody to feel like that. One of the things that you should know transparency wise is that... Um, Whatever you give to special, regular ed, you must give to special ed. Right now, our three-year-old program is our um, PSD classrooms that we have the half-day uh, program over at Red Bank and then also um, uh, over at, uh, not Greenfields, I'm sorry, Oakview. So that is not paid through the grant. The grant does not pay for any special ed stu uh, students or, or uh, teachers. So in the budget, if we want to add 
let's say 10 preschool classrooms, that's 100,000 or three-year-old preschool classrooms, you know, we can add that in the budget. We can apply for that money through the grant, but then you have to think about how are you going to pay for those special ed teachers now that now have to become full-time. Equal to that program. Okay, because right now they're half-day. We're paying for half-day preschool three-year-old program. So if you make a, and the state requires, they want your program to be full-day. So if you make the three-year-old program full day for regular ed students, you've got to now make it full day for your three-year-old special ed students. And now you you all have to figure out in the budget where you're going to get that money from. Could that money come from the savings in transportation? Possibly. I don't know. We kind of have to see where we land on the budget. But that's that's what we're dealing with. The real answer to your question is we need space. I think that's the answer. Any other questions on that present? Thank you, Mr. Merkley. Thank you, Dr. Carvalho. And thank you, Dr. Gizmundi for their presentation. Uh, this portion of the meeting will be extended to visitors. Um, this will be for public comment relating to the budget and the budget only. Um, members of the public that wish to address the board are reminded to state their name and their address. I uh, do not have any in-person comments. Uh, Mr. Tucci, are there any online virtual comments? I have no agenda comments for budget meeting at this time. Thank you, Mr. Tucci. Can I get a motion to approve to, can I get a motion to adopt the, to, can I get a motion to approve the adoption of the 2023-2024 West Effort School District budget? Motion. A, B, N, C. Motion, Jones. Second, Maggie. Any questions on the budget? Roll call. Uh, Mr. Baggy. Yes. Mr. Barna. Yes. Mr. Fetty. Yes. Mr. Kaminsky's not here, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Nafis. Yes. Dr. O'Neill's not online. Uh, Mr. Schultz. No. Mr. Jones. Yes. Dr. Rashudi. Yes. The motion passes. Does any board member have any like any new business they'd like to discuss? Does any board member have any comments they'd like to make? Can I get a motion to adjourn? Motion, Barna. Second, Jones. All in favor? Aye. Motions, uh, meetings adjourned. That was the first part. <laughs> You're still good. You're still good. You're still.